Star Wars 7x7, episode 1306. Today, Cobalt Squadron, the novel about what the Resistance bombers were up to in the days and weeks leading up to their appearance in The Last Jedi. Punch it, Chewie. This is Bobby Roberts, formerly of Full of Sith, and you are listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Razor, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and Cobalt Squadron is the novel by Elizabeth Wine. We know, here we go. Elizabeth Wine, I'm going to go with, and my apologies, Elizabeth, if I've made the wrong selection. It's the novel about the two Resistance Bomber Squadrons, actually, primarily Cobalt, but also Crimson Squadron as well. Resistance Bombers that are tasked with a humanitarian mission that also has a very dangerous aspect to it. Now, this is going to be a spoiler-free review of the book, but in the coming days, I'm going to do episodes that will definitely be spoiler-filled, and they will dig into some of the more intriguing portions of the backstory of Rose and Paige Tico, and also of the resistance bombers themselves, why they were doing what they were doing, which meant they were unavailable for the Starkiller base situation, and why they show up the way they do for their appearance in The Last Jedi, including the answer to why Rose was not actually on one of those resistance bombers. So here is the deal for today, at least. So the Cobalt Squadron novel is a novel for junior readers so it's actually pitched to the 8 to 12 year old range and i read this as bedtime reading with scorekeeper declan a couple of weeks ago and it was thoroughly enjoyable and you could usually get through about a chapter a night so it's definitely a quick read and for that level of audience it's definitely a good read and that's an important point to bring up because if you're looking for a novel with the scope and scale of, say, the Phasma novel or the moral complexity of the Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad novel or even the nuances of New Republic politics, like, say, the Bloodline novel, then you're basically not looking in the right place and you're not looking at the right book for it. It's not intended to be that. And so don't go judging it based on something that it just simply isn't supposed to be. And if you remember, say, Smuggler's Run or Moving Target or Weapon of a Jedi, then, you know, those ones were from the Journey to the Force Awakens publishing initiative. Those are in that same wheelhouse. And so here is the story overall. Something weird is happening in the Atera system, which is in a distant corner of First Order territory. Normally, it's been fine for traders and whatnot, but for some reason, the place is being blockaded now. And any traders that are trying to go in and out, trying to sneak past First Order block are actually running into automated cannon fire, these emplacements on asteroids within the Atera system. So suddenly, you know, they can't get in there. And this obviously signals some nefarious doings are going on in the system. And so Princess Leia, or General Leia Organa, excuse me, sends the Resistance Bomber Hammer, part of Cobalt Squadron, onto an investigative mission, a spy mission, if you will. And it is not carrying bombs in its bomb bay. Instead, it's carrying little miniature probe droids that it launches out to orbit around and get information from the two planets, Atera Alpha and Atera Bravo. 
in order to try and find out what the First Order is up to. But while they're trying to collect the probe droids after they've done their scouting, they see a squadron of First Order TIE fighters chasing a little ship that manages to get away from the First Order TIE fighters and wedge itself into the open bomb bay of the Resistance bomber, like flies through the doors as they're closing and is able to wedge itself inside. So this resistance bomber with a four-person crew, which includes Rose and Paige Tico, as well as pilot Finch and bombardier Nix, they have two stowaways on board in the persons of Reeve and Casca Penzora, who are grandmother and grandson, and they've escaped from Atera Bravo to try to get word out to the New Republic about what is going on in the Atera system, how the First Order is causing all sorts of chaos. So the resistance crew has no real choice except to take them to Dakar, where they ultimately meet with General Leia Organa, and Leia is able to provide some measure of help. The Panzoros are part of a small group of people who call themselves Bravo Rising, who are attempting to resist the First Order's activities on Bravo and Alpha, and they're hoping to get food and fuel and weapons and medical supplies and water for them just enough so that way they can fight on their own. They don't want the Resistance to come in and fight for them, which is just as well because it would be rather a sticky situation if the Resistance were to come into First Order territory and engage them. Again, this happens before the events of The Force Awakens. So if the Resistance is actually going to help the Rebels of Bravo Rising, they have to figure out a way to smuggle the supplies onto a Terra Bravo under the noses of the First Order, which becomes the bulk of the novel's story. And we'll talk more about that story after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So before the break, I was telling you how the bulk of the novel focuses on how the Resistance smuggles supplies to the Bravo Rising Rebels in order to aid them in their fight against the First Order. Unfortunately, we don't get to see what happens with the Bravo Rising folks in terms of how they end up facing off against the First Order because other galactic events intrude in the story. I'll explain more in a later podcast this week, but suffice to say for now that the book itself overlaps with the events of The Force Awakens when you consider it in the timeline of all the canon material. And another thing that's great about the novel is that if you've been wondering about Rose Tico and her relationship with Paige Tico and want to learn more about the woman who single-handedly took down the dreadnought because she was able to get that remote control to fall down to her and grab it at the last second, well, you're going to get a whole load of cool stuff about Paige Tico, who turns out to be possibly the more dynamic of the Tico sisters. However, Rose certainly grows out of Paige's shadow thanks to the events of The Last Jedi. And the foundation for that growth, those initial steps into the larger world, Elizabeth Wine sets those up very well in Cobalt Squadron 2. 
So I have to say, I enjoyed the book, and Scorekeeper Declan did too. And in fact, when we were reading it, if he was dropping off, falling asleep in parts, if I started then you know, where I thought we should be picking up the next night and he didn't remember any of it because he'd been dozing off, he asked me to go back and make sure that he didn't miss anything, which, you know, he doesn't always do that. Sometimes he just says, that's okay, you can just start from wherever. So he wanted to hear the whole ride. And, you know, if the junior novels aren't your cup of tea, then, hey, that's okay. Then you're going to get to hear some very cool stuff that is definitely relevant to your last Jedi enjoyment over the next few episodes. But if you do dig the junior novels, then you're going to enjoy this one. It's a very light, easy, breezy read. And that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you challenge a Jedi holding the high ground, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a triple amputation, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!